we are continuing in our study in Philippians as we are looking at the joyful life uh, that God has for us and that Paul um, uh, encourages the church at Philippi to seek and to develop. And so we're into chapter two, and uh, as we pick up a little um, uh, parentheses between two examples, uh, last week we looked at the example of Jesus, that Paul encourages us to take on the mind of Jesus, that we find joy, uh, we find meaning in life and contentment and fulfillment in life when we take on the mind of Christ and, and we begin to um, uh, follow his example uh, in the things that he did to, to find joy uh, in his life. And then next week, we're going to look at uh, a couple of examples of uh, some disciples that uh, just uh, uh, displayed, uh, again, uh, that joyful life even um, uh, through hard times. But today, um, we see that there's a little parenthesis and it starts with the word therefore. And whenever something says therefore, it's always because of what he had just talked about. So we're going to take, because of what we talked about last week, the example that we had in Jesus, and as we strive to take on the mind of Jesus, as we seek uh, and, and submit ourselves that, that Jesus might fill our hearts and minds with his uh, mind, therefore, we are called um, uh, to be something very specific. And, and so let's look at the text um, uh, that we're going to read, Philippians chapter 2, uh, verse 12 to 18. It says this, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or questioning that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Um, and we're gonna stop there, I'm sorry, we're only gonna go to verse 16. We see in these two sentences that, that Paul is saying, therefore, um, as we take on the example of Christ, um, there's two things uh, that he puts a focus on. Um, there's two sentences. And the main subject uh, in the two sentences are first, he says, to work out your salvation. To work out your salvation. And in the second sentence, um, he says, because you are um, shining as lights in this twisted world. So these two subjects actually go together and are the same uh, thing. And this is what we're going to talk about tonight, that our joy comes as we realize that we are lights in the world, that in the midst of a twisted uh, and wicked generation, um, we shine like lights. Our joy 
is meant to be something that is a beacon that other people see. Okay, it is it is to be a light in the middle of the darkness that that draws people um, and gives them direction. A light is something uh, that uh, helps people avoid dangers, uh, and it also draws them and gives them uh, direction in the darkness. Now, the word to work out your salvation that he talks about is the same thing because. This, this phrase uh, in the Greek, uh, the words to work out your salvation, is not meaning to create your salvation. It does not mean to earn your salvation, that you work for your salvation to obtain it. So it does not mean to work for your salvation, but it says work out your salvation. And what the word there in Greek means is to uh, make evident something that has happened inside. So that you are to work out something that is inside, we are to, to work in such a way that it gets out from the inside, that it is not hidden, but it is worked out. It becomes evident. And so see, this is the light that shines in the darkness. And that light is our salvation. Um, that as we make evident what God has done in us, uh, that as we have taken on the mind of Christ, um, uh, the salvation that comes from Christ is to be made evident. In other words, we are to work to show what we have already received, which is our salvation. Um, and that becomes the light in the world. Um, that becomes an evidence to what God has done in us, that people in the world can see that we are not the same, that there is a new joy that bubbles up within us. And as we work it out, uh, we just begin to make it evident uh, to everyone around us. Now, we need to look at this word salvation. So if our joy, the light of our joy is our salvation and we are working out, making evident our salvation, what is our salvation? Too many times um, we have operated in our life on the false assumption that salvation is the escape from hell. Now that is a result of our salvation, but that is not what God did to save us. Uh, his salvation um, is also not just forgiveness of sins. We think, okay, uh, to be saved, are you saved, means uh, have you allowed Christ to forgive your sins? Now, that is another uh, result of our salvation, but that's not the purpose of our salvation. Jesus did not come and, and empty himself and lower himself to be a servant, as we talked about last week, to die on the cross just so that, okay, now you don't get the consequence of your sin. You're now forgiven and you don't have to go to hell. That is not... Uh, the goal, that was not the joy set before Christ that he endured all those things. Salvation, in the very core of salvation, and we talked about this last Wednesday in our Bible study, um, that Jesus came to realign us with God and to bring us back to the original image that we were meant to be. So salvation is not a forgiveness of sins. It is not an escape of hell. It is a, a coming back 
to the life that God meant us to be. So salvation is a, a, a reforming of who we are. It is a realignment. It is a new relationship with God. Um, now, as we come into a new relationship with God and we begin to become like God, because remember, we were made in the image of God. And so him bringing us back to our original image means that our life is now no longer for ourselves, but the joy of our life is found in reflecting the image of God that we were created for. And so to be saved means to be that from now on, I am everything about my life, my whole identity is about being aligned with God. It's about walking in relationship with God. Um, uh, it is uh, finding purpose in pleasing God. And, and so this is what salvation is. And so there are many people that I think are falsely under the delusion that they are saved and they are not because all they've done is ask God to forgive them and uh, 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 believed that Jesus died so that they don't go to hell. But if they have never taken the step to become a new person, to begin to, now my life has a new meaning. The whole purpose of my life now is to experience God and to reflect God. And so if we are not living actively to reflect God, we're not saved because that is the purpose of salvation. Um, it is a realignment of everything we do. If we have not realigned our life, if we are just living the same life, and I'm not saying bad, I'm not talking about living in sin, um, but if it is just uh, the same life and you are not realigned uh, for God, then we are not walking in salvation. Uh, I doubt that we have even experienced salvation because salvation through Jesus' own words is to be born again, to be a new person, to have new goals, have new priorities. Um, now, we're all at different levels of that, so I'm not saying uh, that you immediately become uh, the perfect image of Christ, but if we are not moving towards that, if we do not have a desire and we are not working that out, okay, if we are not um, uh, uh, constantly um, uh, perfecting that, uh, then it was a false salvation because salvation is not just an intellectual belief. Um, or a forgiveness of sins. Um, it is a new life, a new purpose in life. And that's where joy comes from. Because I'm going to tell you, uh, joy uh, comes from the new regeneration of life. It does not just come from, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, forgiven and I'm not going to hell. And here's where the delusion is, that if that's all we've believed in, then we're not forgiven and we are going to hell. Um, and that is why Jesus said, there are gonna be many that stand before me at the end time and say, my Lord, Lord, did we not believe in you and even do things for you? And he's gonna say, depart from me because I don't know you. Because even though you did things for him, your heart was not devoted to expressing a new reflection of God, of letting, of letting God begin to lead you and guide you and mold you and and uh, make you into that image that you were meant to be. And, and so that is uh, the salvation that he's talking about. So when he says, work out your salvation, he says, you need to make evident a new life. 
So what should be working out of us is a, uh, a constant uh, evidence of change, that, that we, are, we are intending and purposing and striving to reflect Jesus. Now, we don't always get there, and sometimes we fail, but I am striving for that. In other words, uh, that is my goal, even though sometimes I mess up, but my goal is that I'm going to keep working. And then if I do blow it, then tomorrow I'm going to try, and people are going to see that. People are going to see that my joy uh, is in seeking to please God, that I find joy in, in pleasing him. And that is working out our salvation. It is making it more evident. And sometimes if we just, well, I'm just, I, I believe in Jesus and that's just a private thing. Well, then you haven't read the Bible because over and over again, the Bible says if it is only a private thing, then it's probably not a real thing. Uh, that the, 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 the regeneration that God has done in our heart is meant to be, uh, it is meant to be a, a public thing. It is meant to be so bright. In fact, it says over and over, that your light should shine before men so that they see what has happened and give glory to God. So our relationship with God cannot be a private thing um, or it is not a living thing. So we are to work it out, to make it evident um, and let people see, not that we're perfect, but in fact, let them see our mistakes. And in our mistakes, they will see our repentance, that when we do make mistakes, that that we are are we mourn over those things and we bring them to God and we repent and, and they see that process going on in us. And that is the process of salvation that we are working out, making it evident to others, doing things so that other people see um, the joy within us. And in so doing, we become lights to the world. Um, lights not of our own doing, um, but lights of what God is doing in us. And this is why he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is working in you. So when he says, work out your salvation, in other words, make evident what God is doing, you need to do it with fear and trembling. Now, what does it mean, fear and trembling? He is not saying to be so afraid, but the fear and trembling is kind of like, um, a, a good example, and this is only example and it's not perfect, but it says, remember, it says, God is working in you. Remember, it is not you doing it. It is God working in you. But because God is working in me, I want God to be so shown in my life that I don't want him to be embarrassed. And so therefore, the fear and trembling is like a, an actor who is performing a role uh, for the author of the play, and he does not want that author to be ashamed because he knows the author is watching him. Um, another example would be a musician who is about to play a piece of music that, again, that, that the uh, author of the music is listening to, and there is such a, a uh, inner desire that, that they not be ashamed, but that they make that work um, uh, a good reflection on the person who wrote it. And, and so when you are doing that, um, uh, it is not for your own accolades, but it's that you want to show forth the masterpiece 
that has been given to you to perform. So in other words, you are not performing your own masterpiece. Um, a good example is an actor uh, acting in a Shakespearean play. He, he wants it to be a perfect, uh, a great reflection on the masterpiece that Shakespeare has created because Shakespeare is the one that created this masterpiece. And even though there, are, there have been good actors in the past, how many know the, the person who is remembered above all is Shakespeare himself? We don't remember all the actors that have played the parts, but yet those that have played the parts the best have given glory so that Shakespeare himself has received glory. And they do it with fear and trembling. In other words, they prepare themselves. They work diligently. They take it seriously when they play that part. Um, same with a musician. If they are about to uh, play a piece by Mozart or Beethoven, how many know that there have been great musicians that have been recognized, but they're not remembered for the piece that they played. It is Beethoven, it is Mozart that receives the glory because they created the masterpiece. It's the same way. You don't have to worry about creating your life. All you have to do is play your part that God gives you. It's God who is working in you. God created you. You don't have to answer uh, for uh, uh, what happens in your life but at the same time, we want to play our part in such a way that God gets glory for the creation that he has put in me, that he has made a masterpiece in me, not for my glory, but that the author of my life would be glorified. And so this is the fear and trembling that as I play my part, I take it so seriously that I want God to be uh, proud. I want him to be glorified. And so there is a fear and trembling, a seriousness, a dedication that I have that I don't just play it lightly. That's what it's saying. See, many Christians, they just live their life lightly as if, okay, I'll do whatever I do. And if I fail, I know God will, because they think it's all about them. It's not about whether you make it to heaven. See, many times that's all we're cared about. I just want to do good enough so that I go to heaven. I, I, and you have to realize it's not about me. We are lights in the world. Our purpose to play our part well is to shine for others. It is so that others see our light that God has put within us. And so with fear and trembling, I work to make it evident what God has done in me. And so that is what we are to do, that we are lights in the world by working out, making evident uh, what God has done in me with fear and trembling, with, with seriousness, um, with, with dedication to make sure um, that uh, I am reflecting what God has done. Now, at the same time, we can enjoy that because just because we work out our salvation with fear and trembling does not mean we don't enjoy it. Um, if you've ever been an athlete, man, you want to make your coach proud. You want to run those uh, plays in such a way uh, that um, uh, we accomplish it. But at the same time, we enjoy it. You know, you enjoy that even though uh, you are working as hard as you can uh, to make evident uh, the play that has been given to you. And so we are the same way. So now that is the, that is the uh, subject matter. Now, how do we do that? Around those two subjects, being a light in the world by working out our salvation, he gives us uh, three things that we are to do. 
Let's, let's just real quickly look at these things. How do we work it out? How do we make this evident um, uh, in our life? Uh, what should we be um, uh, focused on and be serious about so that uh, uh, the light within us, the joy within us, will begin to shine outward? Um, the first thing says, Therefore, my uh, beloved, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. The first thing that we do with fear and trembling is that we seek to obey. Now, we talked about last week that obedience is not about following rules. Okay, uh, Those things will happen, but the obedience that we talked about last week, that Jesus obeyed God, had nothing to do with following rules because Jesus had no problem. He was not going to break any of the rules, but yet obedience was not simply following the rules. Obedience is a desire to seek the heart of God. So when he says, I want you to obey even more when I'm not around, means that, that I want you to have a heart that you desire to fulfill the plan of God. God, what is it that you want me to do? You see, obedience will never go lower than the rules, but it will always go farther. So this is why Paul is saying, I urge you to be even more obedient. Don't just settle for following the rules or you have fallen short. Yes, following the rules, we're never going to go lower than that because obeying God and seeking his heart will never break the rules. But seeking the heart of God always goes farther than that. I want to do more than just Obey the rules. I want to seek your heart. God, what do you want from me? What is your purpose for my life? You see, that goes beyond the rules, and that is seeking the heart of God. That is walking in a relationship with God that I want to please you, God. I want to reflect you, and I want to help be a part of the plan that you have for this world. Jesus, you see, not only did he follow all the rules, but he obeyed to the point of death. God's plan for his life was to die on the cross, to be tortured and, and brutalized. And so he was willing to obey. See, his obedience is not the same thing that for many of us, we are, many of us never going to have to die on the cross. So we need to find our own obedience, not just with uh, for someone to look over our shoulder in other words he said don't just obey god because i'm watching you you know uh so obedience is never because your parents are watching you so you need to do what's right while they're watching no it has only to do with you and god and so even if no one is around to see you are you still seeking the heart of god that means by yourself uh, uh or wh whatever you are doing obedience is this passion to please God. So Paul says, this is how we work out our salvation, that we just begin to, with every choice that we make, with the direction of our life, every decision, are we seeking the pleasure of God? God, will this please you? Or are we just doing what we think is right? As long as it doesn't break the rules, it's okay. That, as long as it doesn't break the rules, it may not be okay, because that may not please God. Maybe your priorities are not where God wants them to be. And so therefore, you're not going to have the joy. You may have some temporary happiness because you'll do what you want to do. 
but you will never have the joy that shines to those around you without seeking the pleasure of God. So the second thing, not only do we obey and and seek the pleasure of God, but it says in verse 14, do all things without grumbling or questioning. Um, It says the second thing, we need to begin to eliminate complaining out of our life. We need to get, begin to eliminate criticism. Um, the word there for questioning um, is also quarreling. Um, in other words, we need to stop being people um, uh, that are never happy with things. We always have some criticism. We're cynical. Um, uh, we're, we're complaining about things. If we are going to reflect God, you need to realize that everything God is doing is part of his plan. So why are we complaining about it? Now, we may not see what God is doing. And so therefore, a lot of times our complaining is because we don't see what God is doing. If we would see what God is doing, we wouldn't complain about it because we thought, oh, that's why that happened. But we're not always going to see that. So we've got to just decide in our mind that I'm going to stop complaining. Stop complaining about how I feel. Stop complaining uh, about what other people do. Stop complaining when God doesn't seem fair. We've got to just be, and that this goes to trusting God. When we begin to trust God and believe that God is truly in control, then we stop complaining and we stop quarreling with others. Stop bickering. Stop, you know, getting into all these little arguments does not reflect the glory of God. It, it, uh, all it does is distract people from who God really is. Um, and uh, so many times, we've, it, it makes us look more self-righteous, and it does not draw people to God. We think, well, we're standing up you know, for what's right, and we're, we're telling them where they're wrong. Well, good, but that's not going to draw them to Christ. You did not see Jesus going around preaching where everyone was messing up. You see, that's what the Pharisees did. The Pharisees walked around pointing out everyone's faults. Jesus went around saying, come unto me. I accept you. I love you. We'll work on those things. He never grumbled or complained or quarreled. Um, uh, Now, he didn't uh, walk away from when those that came about, but he always turned it back on them. Um, and, And so we need to be the same thing. We need to be people of peace. We need to be people of joy. People of positivity, we, we, we have got to, some of you are just way too negative. There are some of you that, that are negative about everything. And we need to catch it in ourselves. We need to say, I need the Holy Spirit to begin to create a new conscience in me. A conscience that does not only prick me when I'm doing something wrong, but pricks me when I move into a negativity. God, forgive me. God, help me to catch myself. See, that's a problem. We, we haven't learned to catch ourselves. And then when we do catch ourselves, don't be afraid to correct yourself and say, hey, I'm going to stop this. There's no, there is no good thing. And the more I complain, all it does is create more focus on the negative within me so that I miss what God is trying to speak to me. So we need to, if we're going to reflect and work out our salvation and make evident what God is doing, we need to stop grumbling and we need to stop quarreling with others. And it says when you do that, you become uh, uh, blameless and innocent. Now, it does not mean that word blameless does not mean that you've not done anything wrong. It's really talking about other people cannot point to you and say you're the one that pushed them away from God. 
It's saying if you will stop grumbling, then at least they cannot say that, that it was you that led them down that path. That's what it means by blameless. It has nothing to do with, with uh, 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 following the rules or, or you didn't mess up. God is saying with everything to your ability, do not be negative and grumbling and quarreling that other people could point to you, that you could be blamed for what they are feeling. Now, we know that we will be blamed by them anyway, but that, that's not what God is saying. But that if you know that you were positive, that, that you were not critical of them, you were not con condemning, then you will be held blameless. You will not be held as a, as a stumbling stone to others. In other words, God is saying, do not be the reason that other people fall short. Um, uh, so we need to make an effort to begin to uplift people to be uh, encouragers, uh, encouraging ourselves. Um, even though I know negative, I'm not being saying that we we ignore and act like there is nothing negative in the world. I understand that that's never. But we begin to put it in God's hand, and we begin to see that that God is using that for a purpose. And so it's not ignoring hurt and pain, but we take that hurt and pain and we lay it at the feet of Jesus. And we begin to acknowledge that God is working in it. And so that even though I hurt and I sorrow, I do not sorrow like the rest of the world. But I sorrow with hope. Um, and, and I begin to uh, give that to God. Third thing. So we begin to obey God, seeking the pleasure of God. We begin to stop grumbling and complaining. And then finally, the third thing that 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 begins to work out our salvation, that begins to make us a light to those around us, is it says in verse uh, 16, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I will not, uh, that I will be proud that I did not run in vain or live in vain. The third thing is we hold fast to the word. I'm gonna tell you, if you are going to shine like a light in this world, your whole purpose has to be founded in the word of God. We need to constantly be in the word. It is the word uh, that keeps our minds set on him. Jesus even was constantly in the word. How did he deal with temptations? When Satan came against him, he pulled out the word. The word uh, is what encouraged him. The word is what directed him. The word is what gave him guidance in his life. And so he constantly lived in the word of God. If we are going to accomplish what God wants, if, if we are going to constantly be growing in the Lord, we need to be in the word. We need to hold fast to the word. We need to believe in the word. We need to practice the word because we're not good at it yet, but that's okay. We just keep practicing it. And the more we read it, we say, oh man, I, I am not doing that. I'm going to start working on that. You see, that's what it means to hold fast to the word. And when the word kind of shows something in us that we don't agree with, the word takes precedent. You know what? I may not agree with that, but if the word says it, I trust the word. And man, that might hurt my ego. And I might have to humble myself and say I was wrong. But the word becomes the very foundation of my life. It is only as we hold fast to the word of truth um, that we are going to shine because it is, 
It is not only listening to the word, but it is doing the word. Jesus said, that's the person who builds his life on the rock. And that when the storms come, people see that it doesn't fall apart because we have held fast to the word of life. Now, I want to say this. Many people say, well, the, the Holy Spirit was moving me to this. The Holy Spirit will never move us in, con in contradiction to the word. Because the word of God, the Bible that we have, is the very word of the Spirit. It was Spirit-breathed. And so if you are led to do something by the Spirit that you feel that the Spirit is moving you, that seems contrary to the word, then it's not the Spirit. Um, the Spirit will never contradict the word of God. So we need to hold fast the word, and then yes, the Holy Spirit will move us. We do need to listen to the Spirit. We do need to let God um, speak to us in times uh, that, that we will be sensitive to and respond to it, but it will never go against the word of God. So when we do these three things, I want to encourage you. It will cause your joy to shine like lights. Because as you do these three things, you will be working out the salvation that God is, is working in you. That the things that God are working in you will begin to become evident to others. And I'm going to tell you, there is even more joy when other people see what God is doing in you and God gets the glory. Now, they may not always agree with you. And when you work out your salvation, you are going to make some enemies. And you might going to lose some friends because it's going to change your life. But I'm going to tell you what it will do in their life. They will now have no excuse because, you see, they will not be able to stand before God and say, well, he wasn't an example of you and he never even talked about you. So, you know, it's his fault. They will not be able to say that. Even if you lose friends, make enemies, at least you've shown the word of God to them. And that is the most loving thing that you can do. And God will be your joy. So let's begin to shine. Let's begin to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. I want to make God proud of me. I want him to be seen as the author of the masterpiece of my life. And I want my life to be played in such a way that it is not about me, but it is to the glory of the author. And so in doing that, I'm going to obey. I'm going to seek the pleasure of God. And I'm going to stop grumbling. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin uh, to be an encourager um, uh, rather than a quarreler. And I'm going to hold fast to the word of God. I'm going to get to know the word. I'm going to read the word. I need to study the word. I want to know it more. Many times I fall short because I did not uh, uh, know it well enough. And as we do those three things, God will be glorified in us. We will shine like lights in the world. And more than that, you will be filled with the joy of our Lord Jesus. So let's shine. Let's work it out. Let's make it evident to those around us. Amen. Let me pray with you.